You're listening to the world-famous White Roof Radio, webcast number 577 from Monday, December 14th, 2015. Tonight, brought to you by Cravenspeed.com, MotoringStripes.com, and OutMotoring.com. Mini performance, speed, and style, it's OutMotoring.com. Go. Hey, everybody. It's TV in Arizona coming at you with a brand new episode of the world-famous White Roof Radio. Uh, we're here talking about Mini Coopers and stuff like that, like we like to do on a Monday night. Uh, joining us this week, fresh back from Savannah, GA, our good man Todd Pearson, uh, MotoringStripes.com. Todd? I am here, and I was not there long enough to say y'all. <laughs> but I did start saying yes, ma'am, and no, ma'am, no sir. Oh, you know, things good. like that, because everybody's very polite there in the South. Of, of course. Um, and, of course, Chad's joined us tonight from Detroit Tune, DetroitTune.com. Yes, I have. Oh, listen, chat's got that sounds nice. And of course, Alex is with us. Alex is back from his uh, world world trip to France or something. Yeah, there was uh, a base trip diving that... off the, yeah, were you base di- diving off the Eiffel Tower? <laughs> <laughs> that's a trip that I will not recommend to anyone. Honestly, that actually is what I said to my parents. I'm not coming back um at all. You really? guys come. Yeah, you guys come. That's Ab- what I said. After you got robbed in France, you're like, no, I'm not coming. I'm not coming back to Paris. <laughs> yeah. So to to fill in the uh, the what? audience, uh, I was in a um, I was about to buy a watch. I was with my sister in a jewelry store, and a gunman storms in and asks everybody to get on the floor. And um, the guy didn't hurt anybody, and he took off with 40, 40 watches. But I was kind of scary. I bet. I, no wonder you told your parents you don't want to come back to France. <laughs> yeah, and, you just put your your hands up and said, "I'm an American. Don't shoot." <laughs> <laughs> I've got a green card, man. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing is, I mean, you could say you could say so, that stuff happens, right? But the, the the reason it's it's pissing me off it's because, as people know, we're in a uh, you know the state of emergency has been uh, has been put down because of the attacks of uh, early uh, end of November, right? And so. Um, and so it's still this guy, you know, storms into a jewelry store during the state of emergency where you have cops everywhere. It's 6 p.m. So you have people, you know, everywhere. Also, it was in the middle of right. I mean, in the middle of Paris, like, uh, an area that is very highly populated. Don't, doesn't give a crap, you know, goes in with a gun and still 40 watches. So that tells you the level of safety we have in, in, in Paris and in France. Crazy people. Yep. Well, I'm glad you're safe and back. Thanks, guys. I'm glad also. <laughs> So yeah, Todd got to go to the press junket last week. Uh, not really press junket, that's wrong. The press preview uh, for the Clubman. Got to drive it around Savannah, GA. He went out there with Gabe. We're gonna. He got some audio of that, and Todd's gonna talk about the Clubman this week a little bit, which will be pretty cool, I think. Yeah, I, I am. It was good. I the short the short of it is uh, I liked it very much. I don't think the Cooper is a quite enough car. The Cooper manual. Yeah. Um, I did not get to talk about that because I drove it after. Gabe and I did our recordings. We only drove the manual Cooper and the eight-speed, the new eight-speed automatic. Which we're going to want to hear about. Sport automatic, yes. We drove both of those, and then after we got back late in the day, I took the manual Cooper out. And so I'll just tell you quickly for that was I liked it, and it was perfectly adequate. If you're moving up from either an R50 or an R56 Cooper, you're going to think it's fine. If you want the extra space and you want some of the... the, uh, uh, premiumness of of the new clubman you're going to be fine with it but otherwise it may it the cooper uh uh manual car makes it feel big you feel the extra weight and the extra width and length of the car and um it's not necessarily a good thing it's not terrible 
Right. It's I wouldn't call I wouldn't go so far as to call it sluggish or underpowered. It was adequate, but uh, it's just not quite enough. All but right. compared to the uh, to hang the on, hang, on. hang on before you guys get all out of control, um, we have sponsors that have to help us pay for the show. Oh yeah. So, so let's do that first, and we'll come back and we're gonna let Todd talk about the clubman, and then we're gonna have some audio for with uh, Todd and Gabe in the clubman from Savannah, Georgia. But before we do any of that, let's remind you guys about one of the fine sponsors. Still time for Christmas shopping. Just so you guys know, Barely. this with for all the sponsors, Detroit Tune, Motoring Stripes, uh, Outmotoring, Craven Speed, still time to get stuff before Christmas. We're starting with the Outmotoring.com. Um, especially just anything, if you're thinking about Christmas, remember Outmotoring has all the stuff you can normally get at your mini parts desk. And if you support Outmotoring.com, you're supporting White Roof Radio. So that means you can get all the hats, the shirts, the watches, uh, any like personal gear. Outmotoring.com has it. You need replacement parts, full lineup of replacement parts available at Outmotoring.com. You need car care products like soaps and waxes and all that detail, full detail kit for 20 bucks. Outmotoring.com. You can't beat this stuff. You really can't. And and don't forget too that if you're in a mini club, Outmotoring.com has like a sponsor kit for you too. You should totally hit them up for that. It's super duper awesome. Aaron, we love Aaron because he takes such good care of the mini community. Go over there, check it all out. When you're there, don't forget, make sure you sign up for the email newsletter. When you do that, you will get an email that has a 5% discount code in it. Every time the email comes in, it's like, oh, here's your special code for to get 5% off. Let me see. Where's mine? Um, it's always in the email. Ah, there's my, there's my discount code. I'm not going to tell you what mine is cause then that's cheating cause you actually, it's going to cost you an email and you get 5% off. Come on, just do it. Super simple. And then you go, you put in your order, you put in your code, 5% off done and done that all of course, uh, from our friends over at outmotoring, outmotoring.com mini performance speed and prima Nero. Oh, that's outmotoring.com. That's a water-based vinyl, rubber, and plastic protectant and dressing for both interior and exterior surfaces. Boom. Yeah, let's have some news music. There's some news music. Although the news I want to hear is um, Alex was about to start. Alex, when you were in France, you actually got to drive the Cooper Club, right? Yeah, that's uh, what I wanted to say. So um, um, in nothing like you did, you know, it was, uh, it was what, a 20-minute test drive. And so, you know, as you guys remember, I was not so, not so, uh, you know, wasn't giving high praises to the Cooper. I mean, I thought it was like too slow, the the F56 Cooper. But then I dr- I drove Dean's car, and it really changed my mind. I can't say the same thing of the uh, of the Clubman. I'm kind of on the same page um, as you, Todd. I would be I would call it sluggish, though. Um, it doesn't feel it does overall. It doesn't feel like a uh, like a big car. I maybe the reason I'm saying this is because my my mother used to have uh, used to drive Golf, so we had like you know four or five Golfs in the family. And so it doesn't really, you know, seem big to me. It doesn't feel like a big car. I know people have been asking, like, how does it compare, you know, real life to the Golf? And it's really much the same, very much the same size, but it doesn't feel big. It still feels, you know, pretty nimble, but um, it's it's a little bit sluggish. So I would not um, recommend anybody to get the Cooper. And I drove it in a manual, so I can't. I mean, the well, the automatic uh, transmission is pretty good. So uh, still, um, I think it's a little bit underpowered for for the weight of the car. Is it underpowered like a like a Cooper Countryman, Alex? Or is no. it just no, no, no? It's that's not that worse. bad. It's, yeah, yeah. it's not that bad. So if it's not underpowered like a Cooper Countryman, then it's totally usable. That's what I said, and that's why it's, the word I use is enough. Like, it's good enough. That's what I said. It's, it's adequate. That's the only thing I can say about it, which is not high praise, but it's also not not terribly critical because I think people would be happy with it. It's fine, but if you drive the Cooper S in comparison to it, you're like, oh, I need this. Yeah. Okay. Got it. So. Um, what about? How's the interior? 
Um, it was great. I don't see it as a whole lot better than the F-56. It's a little better. Okay. Gabe disagreed with me. He goes, oh, it's miles ahead better. But, you know, <laughs> that's that's Gabe. Uh, <laughs> Gabe's wearing skinny jeans and plaid shirts. Yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, it was it was uh, it was better a little bit. It's a different design, so it's it's not exactly the same. But uh, it was very familiar to me. How's that? Oh, I like that. I think it's um, it's very uh, adequate. I mean, appropriate for the size of the car. I like the uh, I like the layout of the of the dashboard, the entire dash front dash i like that layout and i like also that big you know that um i don't know how you call it but you know what you see where you have the transmission right the the, the console the center console yeah the center console i, I like that a lot it it felt it makes it feel more like you know you're in a cocoon or something it's, yeah uh, and it's it's it felt very wagon like it's very yes. much that center console was much like our three series bmw three series wagon in that it's the first time in a mini that there's been a console separating the two there's like you cu you couldn't reach your foot over or anything. There's there's no pass through. It's but it's also what three four inches wider than any mini before. So Gabe and I were driving in this thing and not even close. We our elbows on the we were both leaning on the on the center armrest and four five six inches between us. Wow, that for the first time was weird in a mini. It felt big. Like yeah, that. I can imagine. Yep, yep. So. Anyway, those are just the tidbits I didn't share in the uh, in the bits coming up here that you'll hear Gabe and I driving. We're actually driving through. I'm I'm passenger and, and Gabe is driving. So, so well, Todd, I have one other question, and this is the the exterior of the car. I mean, I haven't had. I'm the only person. I think Chad hasn't seen it either, but Chad and I haven't seen it. How big is it? I mean, I would imagine there was an F56 there, like parked around somewhere. No, there, and there really it, wasn't. So did it just look like huge out of place? Because you know we're just looking at photos so far. I think everybody who looks with looks at the car out of context um, thinks it looks big. And I pulled into I was working on an R56 today all day. I spent the day uh, working doing graphics on one, and I pulled it back at the dealer, and the clubman had just arrived. And I pulled right next to it. I parked right next to it. And I'm like, this thing is not big at all. Park it next to an R56. And right. all you people who who say that it's huge and enormous can just kiss my ass because you're insane mm -hmm. if you say it's that much bigger. It's it is. It, it, the, w the point of view that it looks bigger is from the back. From okay. If these things are parked side by side and you look at the back, you're like, okay, it's quite a bit wider. Okay. All right, but that's not a bad thing, and and the Why, only way, bad. yeah, the only way I can describe this car after driving it, and I did not say this on the recording, so I'll say it now, is that it felt very sedan-like. Um, the the Clubman did. Uh, yeah, the Clubman felt very sedan-like, and I don't think the Countryman even felt the Countryman felt SU feels SUV-like to drive, sure, um, or crossover small SUV style. Yeah, but I think this car feels more like a sporting sedan. Or even a sport wagon. But okay. I don't think it feels that different. Now, I'm going to say this. I think it depends on the size of wheels that are on the car. And this sounds weird, but the difference between, seven, the difference between 17 and 18-inch wheels on this car is, is phenomenally noticeable. I mean, anybody would notice the difference in this. And I prefer the 18s because then it makes the car feel like it handles better. Ah, right. And, and I think any other Mini is the same way. It's a more rapid turn-in and... Um, uh, Justin, mini product manager at, at Man USA, agrees with me that yes, the larger wheels feel better, but you know, there's a place and time for smaller wheels. Yeah. Okay. All right. So, 
Is there anything else you wanted to add about the Clubman? Um, I think it'll come to me for, for next week's show. But, you know, let's listen to see our first take because this was our first time in the car actually driving it. And we did the recording, you know, on the spot. So you kind of get to hear our very first impressions, uh, both Gabe and myself. And um, we Perfect. did. Let's go ahead and roll right into that. Yeah, let's do it. All right, Todd and Gabe in the uh, new 2016 Mini Clubman uh, here in Savannah, Georgia, on the Mini Press Drive, the first drive of the new Clubman. And I got to drive it this morning uh, for well, about 50, 50, 60 miles this morning. And Gabe is in the car now. Gabe, what are your thoughts on it just so far? Well, hold on there. I just found a corner I was having to concentrate over that <laughs> we're we're in alonia georgia and as it turns out for all those who uh, are perhaps considering a move to alonia georgia or uh maybe just a visit uh, don't come for the roads because <laughs> they are straight straight as a use your analogy there uh it is uh it is not the best place to find out how a car handles we haven't except for a couple on ramps it's been right. slim pickings but all that said, uh, I would say that what I have in my hands here and, and under my foot is a car that is uh, the more mature Mini. Uh, it's it's certainly got the feel of a Mini, but it has uh, you know better noise isolation. It's got you know a better ride. It's clearly got way more cargo. Uh, it's a it's an attractive car. Uh, it's actually a really interesting looking car. Um, it's it's. It's grown up in all the right ways. It is, and I would say it's very—it's um, almost sedan-like feeling in the driving. It—I was expecting it to feel a little bit bigger than it feels because, and that's coming from the uh, F56 2014 Cooper. So the same generation of car I'm used to driving. Uh, this is an S, by the way, just so people know. We're driving a a Clubman S with 189 horsepower. Cooper S with a manual transmission, motivating uh, what a couple hundred pounds more than my F56 Cooper S. So it's it, it doesn't feel it, no way it feels plenty powerful. I think. Yeah, I think it. I agree. It definitely feels powerful. But it, I think what you feel, the difference you feel is is really in the steering. It's got the same rack and the same ratio, so it's just as quick to turn in. Um, I would say generally is. Uh, more lively than the R55 as far as actual steering feel, the previous Clubman. Uh, but it's it's a bigger, heavier car, so there's a level there's a level of like it doesn't quite have the agility of the previous Clubman. It doesn't quite have you know the eagerness of the actual like the mass to change direction. But it feels satisfying. It, it does, and you think about it that the track is a little bit wider on this car. The car's course longer heavier and that's what i think changes the feeling of it uh over say a standard hardtop um i i really liked it i think it's comfortable and i think as gabe said grown up more sophisticated feeling it really does i think the fit and finish is is very similar to an f56 and gabe what are your thoughts on that on the interior yeah, no, I think it's I think it's a, a step ahead of the F56. I mean, you know, there are a lot of p uh, sort of pieces here that have been uh, clearly many took some took some pains to make this car feel elevated, um, and it is from a price point standpoint. It is from a marketplace standpoint. It definitely is, and you know, they they really really sweated the details here. Uh, not that they haven't before, but 
reading between the lines, Mini was given a little bit more of an investment by BMW to, to really throw out the interior to bring material quality and and even sort of design detail at, to a higher level. Um, one note: the uh, well, let's get into let's get into issues. The, the, it, yeah, I was gonna say we'll do that. We'll have our list of like I think after we drive it a little while, we'll have what we don't like about it so far. Yeah. So let's continue on what we do like about it. This car has the uh, the stitched leather seats. The, the Chesterfield. Chesterfield. The blue leather. If if you've seen pictures of this, I think they're quite comfortable. Um, These are the same seat. The same sports. Seat. Exact same sports seats that are in the F56. Uh, the only difference here is the is the leather, literally the quality of the leather and the pattern. Um, and so, a couple things on that. Number one, um, this is a hand stitched seat. For it's, what it's worth, as, as, as we were told, these aren't made in sweatshops. These yeah. are made by these are stitched by people. That was a quote. <laughs> These are made by real people, yeah. I believe. No, yeah, but I, it's my job. it is no. It, I mean, th these are made by real people. By th <laughs> these are made in Europe. Uh, they are hand stitched, and uh, you know the leather comes from a tannery. Uh, I believe these are actually a tannery in Germany. Uh, and so, I mean, there, there's there's a there's a, a real like quality story here with with the leather in this car and these seats. Uh, the Mini Yours leather is the same. Uh, actually, it's a, it's a step above this even. Um, and so there's you know. I think Mini doesn't do a great job of expressing uh, or being transparent sometimes around where things are sourced within these cars, but there's a lot of stories there, and it's actually sourced in a, you know pretty pretty nice nice areas and, and sort of with with a fantastic level of quality to it. And and the level of quality, we were told also that um, this is there's probably not a high take rate on this because it's a sixteen seventeen hundred dollar option. I I'll have to the look. Chesterfield. Yeah, I'll have to look on the Chesterfield seventeen fifty. Seventeen fifty. So I was right. It's seventeen fifty for this leather package. But, but these are the ones it, over five years, Todd. I mean, come on. <laughs> at point nine percent financing, <laughs> how can you not get these seats? How can you well, not go for it, it? These are the ones that we're told also that you know, out of a hundred seats ordered, they send fifty back because so that's they're not the quality. Amazing, because somebody and it's not many is getting screwed. Yeah, I mean that's they were told going in that we have such high levels, you know, high standards to this that we're going to order 100 of these and we're going to send 50 back because we're going to choose the best of the best. And I think that speaks to the quality they're really striving for in this car and a new level of quality in minis in general. And those are the stories we just don't hear. That's not in a press release anywhere. No, it's absolutely true. And I think that, you know, we're going to hear a little bit more about the design of the car, but I think there's a lot of stories there that we haven't heard. You know, for instance, uh, the exterior specifically, Anders Warming and his team really, really took it to a, a, a different level. And I think it's not by accident that Mini has chosen the Clubman as the vehicle to start to reposition the brand around. Because if you look at not just the interior, you look at the exterior and you start to notice signs of a maturity of design and a sophistication that Mini hasn't really had. And that's not to knock the cars that have come before it, but Mini's market is shifting slightly and they're emphasizing, you know, the they're making a point to emphasize more of you know the craftsman, the design, the luxury of the brand, and and the premium, the premiumness, which is not a word, but I'm right. gonna use it anyway of the brand. And I mean, you know, you can you you may be rolling your eyes, and that's fine. And that's not an expense to the performance and the feel that we've all come to love. So, you know, I think it's an interesting change of the equation slightly. And the Clubman really 
personifies that. And I think a, a criticism that I keep reading over and over again uh, in social media and on the web and everything is people who are saying, oh, with the new Clubman and, and the new sophisticated kind of a direction that Mini is going, they're taking the fun out of the car. I would say absolutely not. This is still a very fun car to drive, and I think you have to look at it in comparison to what else is on the market. And it's about marketing too. So what's happening now is that Mini is is telling a different story about a product that is just as fun. But you know what they're not you know what they're not doing? They're not yelling fun. Is it fun? It's fun. It's fun, right? right it's right. not fun. It's fun. It's a lot of fun. Guys, we're having fun. Right. It's not saying that anymore. It's just giving us the same fun product and and talking about how it's made, why it's made, you know, the design, all those all those different aspects of it. And I mean a lot of ways it's a much more mature and frankly much more modern approach. Yeah, I, I think it is. It's not the cheeky, oh, we're cute and, and fun. And I think that's the point is is they're moving away from that because it's a, uh, a perceived public perception of the car. And I think that's really what happened was for so long people perceived the Mini to be, you know, uh, frivolous and, and kind of goofy, if you will. And, and, and you cannot command $44,000 for a car that's goofy. And so when right. we think about a top spec Cooper S Clubman, you're going to be at that mark. I mean, that's obviously money that buys you a lot of different kinds of products. And Which, so you in, re in reality, here, I'll stop you there and disagree with you, because I think at $38,000, there's not much. Mini is filling a void of, because I've been looking recently for something in the thirty-six dollars to $40,000 range. There, other than, if, unless you want to buy a truck, um, something with this kind of utility and uh, a sporting nature and drivability, there's nothing on the market, unless well, you're looking at used. I don't know if I, so here's where I would I would disagree. I mean, I think Subaru has products on the market, which on paper... And I don't wear Birkenstocks, so <laughs> I can't drive a Subaru. Apologies uh, to address, Subaru drivers. Address those letters to Todd at <laughs> whiteroofradio.com. <laughs> Um, I'm not, kidding. I'm kidding Gabe. about this. I'm kidding about this. Uh, no, I'm really not kidding about the Subarus. Well, and you know they all come with a coexist sticker on the back, right? So. Uh, maybe, but regardless, the uh, that's an option actually. Yeah. Um, no, but I mean, I, I think there are other products out there that that can theoretically, uh, you know, the A3 is a, is a good example of that. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think there's others out there. I think many does though have an interesting niche with this car but the, the, the point of this product is it's not meant to be a niche product the previous clubman from day one uh was sort of the oddball i mean many even talked about that in the marketing at the launch of the previous clubman this clubman is not an oddball it's designed to appeal to a broad set of folks um while not you know theoretically losing the the, the reason for many which is of course that that feel that we all love and so you know it's it's meant to it's meant to sell across the US across the world it's meant to have a level of utility that no many has really had before and it's meant to not like at this point many has to stop producing cars that you have to make excuses for right right and I think that's uh, from what you're saying is that the the clubman itself they're really hoping has more universal appeal than the previous version did absolutely and 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 I think a lot of people will be upset about that and, and that's okay I mean you know it's it is kind of a shame the previous clubman was fantastic that one suicide door was cute etc the reality is for many to be successful and for many and for BMW to attain the levels of, of you know sales that they need to basically uh, make this front-wheel drive that pay off for them they have to create a car that is going to 
appeal to a broad set. And and of course they can't sort of sidestep, you know, mini tradition. They can't create a car that doesn't feel like a mini because therefore, I mean, it would would be true to, you know, the heritage and everything that came before it. So, I, you know, I, I think that's their challenge. It's a really tough challenge. What the hell is that? It's a, just a giant smokestack. Yeah, um, <laughs> sorry, we're, we're, there's, there's, there's not a lot to see yeah. in this part of the country other than moss hanging from trees. And every time there's something interesting, we're like, wow, what is that? We're in, well, we're in southeast Georgia uh, near the coast. So there's a lot of, we'll just call them oddities. But anyway. So yeah, so it's it's interesting. I mean, you know, uh, let the debate commence. Uh, is is was this the right move for many? I, I I would find it hard to argue it wasn't. If you look at the long term viability prospects of the brand, uh, they need a car like this. Um, where where does that leave the rest of the range? Well, you know, we've got the Countryman coming out, which will be even larger and heavier than this vehicle. Um, I think that'll put this car in perspective uh, in a way that it's not. Mini's not able to do that right now. Um, and then, of course, you're going to have the hatch uh, and, and the convertible, which are always going to be sort of that smaller, sportier side of Mini. And I think ultimately Mini will come out with something a little, even sportier, uh, perhaps a Roadster of some kind. So it, it, I think I think the, the range is rounding out nicely. All right. So um, I didn't give too much of a take on on uh, what I like about the drivability like? of this car. Like Todd, I, what I, you like. <laughs> I uh, I do like this. I think I'm going to have to spend a little more time behind the wheel and see. Uh, I can't wait to drive the Cooper version of this. We're hoping to get in one this afternoon. Oh, we should mention this is a manual. This is the six-speed right. manual. We're going to try to grab the eight-speed automatic as well. Right, right, because there's a new eight-speed automatic uh, for the first time in Mini showing up in the new Clubman for 2016, and that is an option that we've got to drive on this trip. So we're hoping to get in that and get a review of the the uh, eight-speed A's and automatic, um, which we hear is fantastic. Uh, but I I like most of the things about this car so far. I you know, I would say I, I can't find too much that I that I don't like about it. It it seems like it's got the utility that I'm looking for. Uh, it still feels like a mini. It it feels very much like the F56. I don't think it feels as big as Gabe uh, thinks it feels. Oh, I didn't even talk about that. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I think that's. I get. I got in it and I thought, man, this feels a lot. If I just close my eyes, it it feels a lot. It handles a lot. I think like the F56. Now I'm used to driving a Cooper, which is with a little less horsepower. Um, Gabe's been driving the Cooper S, so in comparison, you think it feels bigger. You, yeah, you like, I think if you're if you're coming from an F56 uh, Cooper S and you get in a Cooper S Club, and I think you'll immediately recognize the difference in just mass and uh, how the car feels. But it's not it's not slow. Uh, you know, it's got plenty of grip in the corner, so you know, it's not like the handling is dramatically different. I'd say much like the last Clubman. I mean, we're talking about. Uh, an increase this time probably of, of like you know a 25% increase in cargo capacity with about a 10-12% performance hit. Yeah, yeah. So I, my overall impression, first of all, this the simplistic version is I like it. I like it a lot. Um, there's uh, there's not much to dislike about it. The extra width in here, like I don't know, Gabe, yeah. if you're used to driving with somebody in the F56, but we're not bumping elbows like you like you did oh, back you in mean, the R56 yeah. days. Oh yeah. I mean with. Pretty big. I mean, you're. I'm. I'm six two. I've got long arms and yeah, yeah. No and issues. I'm. I'm a, a probably slightly wider than the average person. So I was used to in an R56 knocking elbows with somebody. If you're two people in the front seat, this car there's a good six inches between Gabe and I um, in the front seat, and there's no that no risk of, of knocking elbows, which I think makes the car feel bigger on the inside. If you're the only one in it. Um, 
you're not gonna get that sensation per se, but I believe there's either three or three or six inches more in width on the interior of this yeah. than say an R56. So I do like the comfort inside the car. Big, that's a big uh, point to be made too. I mean, this is a car, this is wider than a Countryman. Uh, back seat is a true three-seater versus the Countryman, which is like a little kind of a three-seater. Um, so this is different. But here's the, here's the question I have to ask you, Todd, and I, I mean, and, and myself. Does this feel like a Mini? Um, I think it does, and I think much like the F56, you have to push this car. Like driving straight in a line like we're doing right now at 55, 65 miles an hour, it's it's comfortable. No, it just feels like any you know most other cars. It's there's a comfort level, but when you start to push it, which we haven't really had a lot of opportunity to do yet, because we've been driving a lot of straight roads today. But so I think it feels like a mini when you start pushing it, in, and you're like, okay, I feel sporting now. So the 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 R50 R53 generation would feel frenetic in a straight line, you know, and, right. and people dug that, you know. But the reality is, if that was your only car. And you lived in the United States, where there are a lot of straight roads. It, that became very tiresome, very boring. And, and I'm experiencing that now with the GP right, and an everyday driver. And so, and so, I mean, I, th I think a lot of folks truly got tired of, of that generation of Mini as they're driving. And a lot of folks haven't, and that's fantastic, and I love that car. Um, but, but you know, what Mini has done and what a lot of automakers have done is basically, you know, create, create cars that, are just, you know, in a straight line are just simply comfortable. You know, as far as steering input, uh, throttle input, everything is just, you know, everything feels very comfortable. It's got good on center feel in the steering. You can drive this thing forever. But as you hit corners, it comes alive. Like that's, yeah. the, that's the idea. And I think, you know, you've driven it around some corners. I've driven it around one. <laughs> no, that's not true. I've driven around a couple, but you know, th th this car certainly does have some of that quality. Yeah, it, it does. And I think if you're used to driving the F56, a 14 or a 15 or even a 16 now, um, you'll it'll feel very similar to that. Um, I do think going up from an older generation Mini, uh, either uh, an R53, like a 2002 to 2006, or, you know, the next generation, it's a bigger step in driver disconnection if you will and that's yeah, been the I, I would disagree i think the r55 the you know the second generation mini was a little i think the steering in that car was more disconnected using air quotes than, than the f50 i think so you're right and i do think that that's a con there's a consensus out there that this car brings a little bit of that yeah. back and I mean, yeah i think i think with you know people who've driven it uh, auto riders with you know a lot of folks would agree i mean and, and also uh, quantifiably, it's true because many literally dialed more of it in. They spent a lot of time trying to do that. Um, and so I actually think there's a little bit more of that driver engagement, but there's also more isolation in a lot of other areas, you know, and suspension, sound, a lot of things that, you know, again, a modern, a consumer and a, you know, looking at cars, modern cars kind of expects. Well, and I think it's tough for a lot of people who are going to compare this. They're just going to compare it to other minis. And I know for our listeners, that's what a lot of them are doing. And But I know Gabe and I drive a lot of other cars. And I think you really have to put it in perspective of what's on the market today and how this kind of compares to other cars in addition to how it compares to older minis. So uh, I, I like it very much. Um, so we're going to take a little break here while we navigate and uh, come back and talk about the few little annoying things about yeah. this car so what, what disappoints us yes <laughs> all right we'll be back with that gabe and todd back uh in a clubman we have now switched clubman 
and we are in an automatic version of a Cooper S Clubman, right? Uh, no, Todd. This is the Sport Automatic. Bite your tongue. The Sport Automatic, eight speed. Eight speeds of glory. <laughs> I sense sarcasm, maybe little. No, 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 no. I mean, I listen. We we have been uh, we have we have been fed, and we've been we've been lullabied on these wonderful straight roads. That Georgia has to offer, and I gotta be honest with you, I'm ready for a nap. And so, as I told Todd a second ago, I'm gonna close my eyes for just a minute, and uh, Todd, you'll let me know if anything comes up, right? And, and Gabe is driving now, by the way. So that's these cars drive themselves these days. They do, they do. Although this does not have the driver assist package, which uh, we've talked about, is one of the options on the new Clubman. But well, yeah, and I think this is it's interesting because they they've they've optioned uh, these cars well. Um, but it's not to say that they're all loaded. In fact, this is the most loaded of all of them, and I think it's $38,000. Um, what it's missing uh, is things such as heads-up display. Um, do not have heads-up display. We do not have um, uh, the uh, the driver features, the uh, sort of the automated features that Todd just mentioned as well. The driver assist. Driver assist, excuse me. And then uh, we don't have the uh, wonderful Mini Yours dash uh, with its glorious disco lights. But you do uh, have this lovely steering wheel, the have, the yeah. Napa leather hand stitched. Hand stitched by real by real hands. Not in a sweatshop. Not in a sweatshop. So it's it's great. And I mean, one of the things I've I've talked about on Modern File in reviews over the years, people, has always been uh, not cover yourself in Alcantara. I've also said that, but uh, has actually been whatever touch point you are continuously in contact with, make it the best quality leather you can afford or best quality whatever. And I think you know with this option, you know, Mini definitely got it right because in my hands, this wheel feels buttery, buttery soft. Um, what that butter will turn to after four or five years of use, um, I'm not sure. But, I mean, I, they typically, Napa leather and BMWs typically ages pretty well. There's certainly a patina, but uh, it, it still feels pretty it, glorious after a few years. It's, it's not like a lot of other companies' cars that have leather that after a couple of years, the top layer of it wears off and there's, like, vinyl underneath and it. You see, yeah, and it's actually true. I mean, uh, when you when you get leather seats in your Ford Taurus, for instance, which I tend to always get as rentals, um, that leather is a very thin veneer over uh, a right. synthetic uh, material that, you know, is, is petroleum-based. Right, right. So the fit and finish of this car, once again, we can't speak enough about it. It's uh, it's pretty great. And so far, uh, I think you're digging the uh, eight-speed auto transmission. Yeah, yeah. I mean, a couple – yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think uh, it's – it's it definitely is a balanced uh, approach by many. Uh, this is not – you know, a neck snapping uh, affair. I mean, you know, even in sport, um, in manual, it's it's really pretty smooth. So, they, I mean, they've tried to create a, a really a, just a solid choice for folks who want both a sporty drive as well as uh, a smooth drive. A couple pro tips, um, because I do want to start to talk about what the, these options and what I see around me. A couple pro tips here. Uh, chrome line interior has, uh, for, for many years, I would say, 
been a kind of a pretty expensive option for what you got. Uh, wasn't a lot there. With the Clubman, there's a little bit more, and specifically, you get these chrome surrounds on the uh, on the vents. It looks really nice. It, it actually doesn't look cheap at all. Like I think some of the previous chrome did. This is uh, I'm not a huge fan of the chrome, but I like it. It does give it kind of a. We use the word premium way too much on this. In fact, uh, they were saying it in our presentation at lunchtime that I don't what did he say in the last nine years he hasn't seen a press release from any car company about anything that didn't have the word premium in it so I think he basically was saying the word premium is is kind of being overused in the auto industry in general yet it's something we keep hearing in relationship to the new clubman well and and I think you know many was very specific when they said you know everybody does premium basically this is our take on premium right right so, so I, yeah. I also like the fact that um, we heard uh, Chris, um, oh my, I'm lost for his name. He's, he's the exterior designer of the new Clubman here. And um, I think he said in the, in the new, in the design language they use uh, in Munich, they use characters for it. And the character, the character for the Clubman is the gentleman. The gentleman, and I think that um, I can't say enough good things about that character. That's a great name. Yeah. But I get it. Like, the gentleman is somebody who, you know, has needs that, like, you know, require cargo space from time to time. You know, he probably, and I'm just guessing here, but it's he's he likes things that are a little bit nicer. Uh, he may spend a couple hundred dollars on a pair of boots because he wants to, you know, he wants them to last. He, you know, he goes out of his way to buy artisanal coffee or whatever. And so I think that's actually kind of cool that they that they've personified that. Yeah, and I think that does go along with the with the rebranding uh, a little bit. And we're going to hear more on that tonight, I believe. So let's go on. I, uh, we left people hanging, and uh, we're going to talk about the things we we don't like so much about the clubman. What's at the top of your list? Well, I mean, I, I would say um, kind of along those lines of the pro tip I said earlier, uh, the. The, the, the trim, you really need to option out uh, the trim carefully. Not to say that it, it, there's anything bad on this car, but when you option the, the, the gloss trim, make sure that you get the, uh, the trim down here by the shifter. Without it, you're left with this really stark and cheap looking piece of plastic, sort of a slat on either side of the shifter that is um, is kind of, the, I'd say, the cheapest part of this entire car, uh, by far, really. Yeah. Uh, another little, gra- I mean, these, that, and that's a that, that's a legitimate uh, sort of issue because it's so cheap. Um, it, it's out of place. But another, a small one is, is the fact that the, uh, the sport toggle, the sport to ring. green ring, um, has a lip around it now. And so it's, it, well, it's... In the console, in the center console. Not that it's hard to do. It's just, it's much, it's much harder than the, in the F56. So it's just kind of an odd little, uh, uh, little area you have to kind of slide, slide your finger in and, and switch it. But the, uh, the console in the center of this is something that's new and unique to many in general, with, with the exception of maybe the Countryman was a little bit like this. But there's no e-brake. There's no uh, parking brake handle anymore. It's now electronic. Well, yeah, it's an, it, is an, it is an e-brake. And I think also there's a stationary console, just full stop. You know, right. no Mini has ever had that before. And I think that's something that a lot of folks will probably... Some folks, some pure, you know, sort of folks who like purity in their driving will look at and say, yeah, you know, why do I need to rest my arm? I'm driving. Um, it's not, it doesn't really get in your way. I mean, I'm, I've got long arms and it's, it's totally fine. So I think many's placed it pretty well here. I think it's good, but I do think that as far as the uh, armrest goes in the center, you either love it or you hate it. And I've grown to love it. 
Yeah, I mean, I've grown to just move it out of my way in the F56. <laughs> yeah. Well, in this car, you can't. You it's can. there. It's and permanent. I guess that's my point is that even without being able to move it out of, out of your way, it's not really in my way. So I think they've done a pretty good job of uh, defining exactly where, where it should be. Yeah. You know, the one thing we haven't done we're going to do at the next stop here is I haven't gotten in and out of the back seat of this yet. Have you? I have. I have previously. And it, it, it works well. I mean, it, they have done a really good job. I mean, uh, you could fit four adults in this car and uh, go on a trip somewhere. Yeah. Right. Going to double up here. We just passed two very slow moving trucks. There's not any other cars on the road and it was, a, you know, we were perfectly safe doing that. Yeah, we were at all times under uh, a speed under, limit. Under, under some, some speed limit somewhere. Yes, exactly. Since there's no posted signs, then I will assume we're within the law. Well, we were passing safely. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think, what do I not like about this car? Oh, well, I'll, I'll say, I mean, when I said feel that just a second ago, um, I'm in sport. Uh, I was going from fifth to sixth, and it was a it was a little bit of a jolt. I guess I shouldn't say I don't like that, but it was, I was surprised because um, earlier when I was really on it, I didn't have that jolt uh, that within the snap, shift, yeah. and I kind of wanted it. And so it was an... It was interesting that I felt it there. Um, the one thing that, that I will say about this eight-speed, it's it does not uh, it does not quite have um, the performance of the ZF uh, eight-speed in the BMWs in the in the rear-wheel drive BMWs. Uh, it doesn't rev match as as fluidly, I would say. Um, that may be down to the engine itself. Uh, this is an engine that is much more slow to rev than some of those engines, but uh, it doesn't quite feel as uh, as honed. Okay, so now in comparison to the other uh, automatic transmissions you've driven in minis, would you call this the best one yet? By far, by a wide margin. Uh, the new six-speed, the Gen 3 six-speed, which is in the F... 56, uh, F55, and also in this car, in the Cooper, is really good, um, but this is better. I mean, hands down, no question. It's it's more efficient, it's faster, and believe it or not, it's slightly smaller. Um, I think, and uh, you're driving now, uh, take a look in the rear view. I think my, my first criticism was that it's still kind of limited out the back. It's not as bad as, say, a Paceman, which is very small and a postage stamp-sized viewing area, you know, out your rearview mirror. But um, that's that's one of my complaints. And like I say, it's as minor as Gabe's complaint about the plastic around the uh, uh, around the console there. Just past uh, Christmas trees. Uh, oh, and yeah. smoked ribs. And smoked ribs. And lots of mossy trees. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a it's a little bit of a I wouldn't call it a winter wonderland. What what is this? Is uh, yeah. Frightening. Yeah, it, it, it can be a little frightening. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I, I can't think of right now so far any other things it, that I yeah, don't like about this really, car. I do like it a lot. It's a pleasant car. I mean, you, you really can't go wrong with it. it. It's a. It is exactly what you wanted it to be. I would say, if you look at it on paper, um, you know, you want it to be able to obviously accommodate four, which it does, and have a decent cargo space. But you also want it to drive like a mini and and. You know, I think more or less it does. It absolutely is not at the level of an F56. It weighs more. It's just larger. Um, uh, but it's it's comfortable. You know, it's comfortable and it's fun. And I think if you need the utility of a car like this, I like it much more than I like the uh, the four-door Mini. That, I just passed a Chevrolet, uh, first-generation Chevrolet Cavalier 
station wagon. <laughs> First generation. That that's a rare. that's like an '82, which uh, those are now dust <laughs> in in where I'm from, yeah. <laughs> where there is salt on the roads. Anyway, uh, yeah, no, I agree. This is you know, if you're looking for a car with this much utility, you you know what the drawbacks are and I mean right. and you understand that so and there's you know you're not going to find agility uh, in this segment like you would uh, you know out of an F- F56 now that said like this does go head to head against a five door golf and so the question is what is what is that like is this as good as a modern five door golf having driven them uh, GTI and golf um, I, I, I will say it's a tough matchup that's a really good car um you know, back to back, I you know I'd have to drive him to to know, but I, I would say the mini, from just my memory, holds its own. Well, I think the mini is is still even feels a little bit more premium than the Golf does. Um, I've driven one of those fairly recently, also, and while I liked it and it was perfectly adequate, I think that the uh, the fit and finish on the mini is a little bit nicer, and probably worth the slightly little bit extra money. Although it's not going to be that much more. Um, for what it is. Now, here is one that a lot of people have have brought up, something that they're actually cross-shopping with the Clubman, and that is the new BMW X1. And Gabe, you just reviewed that on Motoring File. I don't think it's a fair comparison necessarily, with the exception of it's within a few thousand dollars. A a very well-specced Clubman S is within a few thousand dollars, maybe a few hundred dollars, of a modestly equipped X1. Well, and it's it's got a lot more power. It's got the JCW engine, so it has 220 horsepower, which is you know roughly 30 what 30 horse 40 horsepower up on this. Um, that said, it's also a few hundred pounds more. It's got a much higher center of gravity. It's got all-wheel drive. It's got all-wheel drive. Um, it is standard in the United States, by the way. Yeah. Um, but it's got you know it, it's it's a completely different kind of um, it's shape. Not a- yeah, it's not the same class. Uh, it's I would not call it attractive. Uh, it's it's you know it's a it's a very different type of car. It will be much more similar to the Countryman. It'll be larger than the Countryman, but not a whole lot. Um, but I mean, I think the key thing is it's got the same transmission. It's got you know a variation of this of this engine. And the interesting thing about it is they are very different characters, uh, both those cars. And so you know, BMW and Mini have done a pretty good job, in, in my view at least, driving those two back to back, and really separating the brands and the products without a lot of differences when it comes to drivetrain. Yeah. Well, I think it's interesting, and I, I don't know, like I said, other than price, that it's a uh, completely fair comparison or one that a lot of people are going to make. But I know we've heard from more than a few readers and listeners of the show uh, that that is something that they cross-shop. When it's time to move up to the next level of you know, premium and something that's a little more utilitarian, that if they don't like the clubman or the I mean, idea of the countryman, excuse me, if they don't like the countryman idea, uh, they start cross-shopping the X1. Yeah, and this is a nice uh, variation of that. I mean, as somebody who's owned multiple wagons, and I think that is the ultimate utility vehicle, this is my choice personally, hands down, over whatever they come out with within the Countryman range, because it's simply lower to the ground. I mean, I don't want to be up high. I'd rather have my my weight down low. I'd rather rather have better performance with similar utility. And 
I think uh, as far as this car goes, we were just talking with uh, with Justin, who's in product development at Mini USA, and um, the idea of lowering this car is very appealing to some of us, just from a, a purely aesthetic quality from the outside. And we've seen a couple in Japan where they've done that already, and it's a fantastic looking Clubman that is that is lowered a little bit, and it's got kind of a mean and sporty stance. Well, it's it's always it's always nice to to hear you know folks at Mini who are really aware of what's going on in the aftermarket and actually really like it they'd love to do stuff like that the problem with uh lowering cars if you're an automaker is it actually affects uh, it actually affects your crash worthiness right. from a uh an htsa standpoint so basically if you're if you're lower if they were to lower the car let's say in a full inch it would impact the side impact standards that many has and, and right. you know many has sort of been certified for uh so they can't do it uh which is a shame so that's why if you if you wonder why man that thing's got wheel gap it sits up a little bit higher what's going on well many is trying or attempting to get as high of a score as possible in the side impact standards which ultimately of course you know affects owners and and creates uh, you know just obviously creates a more safe vehicle well, um, that's our, our quick roundup. Uh, we're about to change drivers here. I'm going to get a chance to drive this and hopefully get some seat time in a manual Cooper this afternoon. So this is an auto. I'm going to see if I can burn out the clutch before you get into it, Don. I don't know <laughs> if I can do that or not. But. It's funny because, you know, they ask the question. It's like, oh, this is an automatic. I'm like, oh, I don't know how to drive an automatic. Yeah, so. yeah. That's that. We'll have to we'll have to do a full episode of Black Roof Radio uh, <laughs> later when we talk about some things that we've seen today amongst the automotive uh automotive writing community. All right, cool. Todd, thanks for sharing that. Uh, Gabe, thanks for sharing that, of course. Uh, If you guys have questions or whatever, just go over to whiteroofradiomotoringfile.com. Start putting questions in the comments. If you have more questions, just throw them in the comments there in the show notes or over at motoringfile.com. And uh, Todd or Gabe will get those answered for you guys, anything that you want to know. And if you don't follow us on Instagram and Twitter uh, or even Facebook, go like us on Facebook also, uh, White Roof Radio. Search White Roof Radio on Twitter, no spaces, and the same on Instagram. Uh, there were some great pictures that I got a chance to to grab and and upload. So go get us. If you follow Mini USA, you've already seen some of the pictures that Todd and Gabe posted to White Roof Radio Instagram and the Motor and Paul Instagram. But I think so, they reshared so, just about everything. Yeah, they, they really did. It was really cool. Uh, just make sure you're following at White Roof Radio or at Motoring File. You should be following both of those. And that's the same on Instagram and Twitter, at White Roof Radio, at Motoring File. Anyway, very cool. Um, I can't wait to actually see the car. There's supposed to be one here in my my local dealer. I, I bet mentioned. it is. They all showed up this week. Yeah, so I'm going to go check it out. Um, really quick, though, we have just a little, little bit more things to do. Uh, one of them, of course, paying some more bills. Let's remind you guys about Cravenspeed. Cravenspeed.com, uh, the dipstick that doesn't break that you can read, the uh, performance springs, the F56 intake, if you have an intake, uh, the squeezy thing, the FlexPod adapter, which is still my favorite piece ever, and, of course, um, the Platypus license plate mount. So you don't have holes drilled into your bumper. Awesome. And, and then just a whole a whole list of other things all available for your Mini over at CravenSpeed, CravenSpeed.com. I want you guys to go over there and check it all out. If you buy something from CravenSpeed, I want you to make sure you leave a comment there that says, thanks for supporting White Roof Radio. We really appreciate it. So do they. Also, if you want to buy CravenSpeed stuff from Chad over to Detroitune, DetroitTune.com, that is completely acceptable. And at, that's like killing two birds with one stone. Awesome. You want to go to outmotoring.com and buy Craven Speed stuff? 
Awesome. Two birds, one stone. Love it. Doesn't matter. Buy Craven Speed stuff wherever you get it. But, but if you do buy it direct, make sure you mention White Roof Radio. We really appreciate it. That, of course, our friends over at Craven Speed, CravenSpeed.com, home of the Electric Mini. You know, there's a, a quick little antidote to that the other day. Somebody on Facebook was like, hey, how about this pulley kit? And everyone's like, no, you should buy it over here. And then somebody else was like, no, Chad's a solid dude. And then then someone was like, no, Craven's a solid dude. And then Craven comes back, no, Chad's a solid dude. It was like hilarious. Like all of the vendors started coming in and everyone just left. That's yeah. funny. <laughs> it doesn't matter where you buy the product. Just make sure you buy it. If you, if you're, if you don't want to give the money directly to Craven Speed, then you go to chat because you want to support DetroitTune.com. If you want to support Detroit, support We, get, we get a couple dollars. Craven gets a couple of dollars. We all win. Everybody wins. Exactly. And Craven's super happy. They they've just seen that you buy it from whoever's close. You know, they like to support the local guys too. So whatever works out, just make it happen. Nice. Yep. Um, and that of course that was DetroitTuned.com. Don't forget. Um, really quick, we're gonna finish up. We have uh, some listener listener feedback. Not really listener feedback, uh, kind of listener feedback. And this is something we're gonna talk about more next week when snow actually starts falling on the ground in places around the United States and Canada. Right? I guess right now everybody's experiencing like some kind of Indian summer. Uh, Todd said it was seventy. It was like eighty degrees in Phoenix today, which is like ten degrees above normal. Todd was walking around a short sleeve shirt, and Chad didn't even wear a jacket today. Yep. I, I had a hoodie on though, so I was. Well, <laughs> but yeah, but no jacket. It's just you know, warm. That's, we're, that's, we're, that's where we're at. We're just warm. We're recording this on December 10th, and Chad went to work without a jacket in Detroit. Yeah. That's incredible to me. It's weird. Global warming. It's got to be. Anyway, uh, we got this email from our man, Rick, uh, talking about winter tires. We're not going to talk about winter tires tonight. We just don't have time. Next week, though. Trust us. Um, he didn't buy the Blizzax. For his uh, 15 inch R59, he got the Pirelli Soto Zero three tires, and he loves them. Just absolutely loves them. Says they're great tires, uh, perfect for the, the the snow. He's driving. I don't know where where he lives, where he's driving through all the snow, but he loves them, and they're really awesome. So we're going to talk about those, and we're going to oh my god, and we're going to talk about Blizzax, and we're going to talk about all the things cold weather next week. Does that sound like a plan? Yes, it's deal. A plan. All right, cool. That means I get the week off. I get the night off. Oh, we're going to have a weird recording day because next week, Alex, what is next Thursday or the day we normally record on the show? What's next Thursday? There's this movie coming out. I can't remember the title of it. Um, there it is. It's a uh, Clash of the Titans. The music's playing in the background, so you don't really need to say it. <laughs> <laughs> so and so we're, our, our normal show night is uh, Star Wars night this next week. Um, obviously, I'm going to let... Chad or Todd and Alex go see the movie. I might go try to see it myself. Who knows? But I'm, I'm not that big of a nerd. I'll probably wait for it to come out on. I'll wait for it to come out on DVD. Oh, uh, you know why it's gonna make you go? They're gonna show the trailer for the next Star Trek. Boom. Oh crap! Now I have to go. <laughs> <laughs> are they really gonna show the next? Trailer? Yes, 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 yes. All right, I gotta go now. <laughs> okay, so uh, next week's show will be a little bit oddly shaped, but we're still going to make one for you. Um, but I think we're done otherwise. So yeah. Anybody have anything else? No, sir. I have one thing if, if we have five minutes. Sure. We have five minutes. Go. 
All right. So uh, I don't know if you guys remember, but when I was in France, I texted you and uh, and said something about the fact that, um, you know, how seems to me that Mini looks so much more premium in France than it does in the US. Yeah. Okay. Um, and it's and it's very silly thing. Like, uh, so I went to that uh, dealer in Paris to uh, to see if I could test drive the Clubman, right? And so after the test drive, I just, you know, hang around like the, the showroom a little bit, looking at what car were, um, how car were, uh, um, Configured, right? Because we always talk about this, the way uh, dealerships in the U.S. configure cars on the lot. And it's so much different. Uh, there is so much accent being put on, on style and and um, and also on, 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 on the premium aspect of the car, right? So I didn't see a car without um, LED headlights. I didn't see a car without 18-inch uh, wheels. Uh, I didn't see a car without leather seats or, you know, leatherette seats. Uh, and so all of this make the car, you know, right off the bat, uh, look so much more uh, premium. Agreed. Mm. Than all the yeah, and I'm even talking about Cooper S's, you know, uh, Cooper uh, F56 Coopers, um, as opposed to the one that I see here on the street, you know, with you know almost 15 inch wheels, you know, zero options, uh, yeah. um, and you know, and at the same time, I'm wondering who who's buying those cars because if you if you we have a very high tax rate in France, and so uh, those cars were you know between thirty five thousand euros and forty five thousand euros up to the JCW, uh, so that's very very expensive cars. I mean, it's a uh, fifty forty five thousand euros. Well, it's a little bit less in dollars right now. Uh, I mean, I, I don't know who buys a forty five thousand dollar mini. People um, in France, but uh, yeah. <laughs> But uh, yeah, and it, you know, it's it just the car looks looks so much more premium. And even when you drive around the city, you see tons of minis. You know, they sell like cupcakes over there, especially the F55. Um, they look like rightly optioned. Uh, and so, you know, we always complain about the take rate of, of some options here in the U.S. Uh, they have no zero problem with the take rate of you know LED lights or you know larger wheels and and stuff like this. So. Uh, I don't know. You know, it's a uh, it's it's a uh, it's a thing that I didn't notice before, and I, that I noticed now when I was uh, when I was there. Well, that's oh, okay. Interesting perspective. Very yeah. nice. I would agree with you if I saw the same thing. Uh, yeah, I would too. I'm gonna go. Like I said, I'm gonna go try to check the clubman out at my local dealer uh, this weekend, and I'm gonna almost bet they all have automatic transmissions and nothing else. That is true. Yeah, it's sad. They're really expensive automatic transmissions. They're five hundred dollars more than they are in the hardtop, and yeah. the exact same thing. <laughs> We're going to put a pin in that because Todd has severe issues with the pricing of the automatic transmission. That doesn't make any sense, first of all. And the pricing of the electric seats. Yeah, it sounds weird, but just be patient next week. We're going to talk about it because, uh, yeah, you're going to be wanting to write letters to Minnie also. Yeah, exactly. But otherwise, I think we're done. Yes, sir. Yep. Awesome. Uh, thanks again, Todd, for uh, heading out to... Um, Georgia to drive the club in and sharing it with everybody. That was very awesome of you to do that. Thank you so much. You're welcome. I did it at the price of my liver. <laughs> <laughs> I, I saw the pictures. He, he really did. His liver's trash right now. He's I blessed it before I left, so it was all good. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate that. It's not. It was not good. Well, <laughs> I'm old enough to know better, but I didn't. <laughs> Next one is for DBR Chad. So yeah, yeah be you ready, go. people. Don't forget, uh, don't forget, Chad over to Troy Tune, DetroitTune.com. You go over there, you place an order of $150 or more, free shipping until January 3rd. Super awesome. Thank yep. you, Chad, for doing that. We love yep. you. Anytime. So uh, buy, go buy $150 worth of stuff, and Chad's gonna put it in a box and he's gonna send it to you for free. Yeah, I mean you gotta pay for the stuff, but you're not gonna pay for the shipping. Sweet. Uh, and, Tom, uh, Tom's does Al go ahead. Does Alex have a email address 
Alex does have an email address. It's alex at whiteroofradio.com. Everybody should send him a happy 21st birthday. Oh, that's right. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's the birthday show. That's or, you know, you could just send that over to us, uh, feedback at whiteroofradio.com, and make them funny because that way we all laugh. Yes. Yeah. That would be cool. Uh, so, yeah, Chad's doing free shipping. If you spend $150 or more, you go over to motoringstripes.com or some Todd's Todd made stripes for your mini. Free shipping. Coupon code of 5050 will save you 5% as well. So go over and get that taken care of. Right? Yes. Right. Perfect. Um, until the next weekend, uh, we're done. This is the part of the show where I like to make the funny clicking sound. Then I say... Questions, comments, or concerns, go ahead and click back over to whiteroofradio.com. There you can leave us a note in the show notes. You can also email us feedback at whiteroofradio.com. Until next week, gang, this is DB. I'm done. Cheers. See ya. A bientôt.